Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka. With me today, I've got Dr. Alexandria Rosa, and we are going to be talking about holistic wellness for leaders. Dr. Alexandria, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. Hello, hello. Thank you. Yes, well, it's awesome because let's just start let's I'll, I'll just let you start with your background because i won't go off into my personal opinions on the healthcare systems in the united states but i will let you start with your background so you can tell us from a little bit better position of, of why you're doing what you're doing <laughs> sure sure <laughs> so i'm i'm in ohio and all of my experience has been in ohio dealing with healthcare and the healthcare system and I've actually been, it's been like over two decades, over 20 years of being um, in this uh, healthcare field. And I started off as a nurse aide way back. And then from being a nurse aide, I got my LPN degree. And then I was an LPN for a while, got my RN, got my associates, got my bachelor's, and then went and got my doctorate. So I have my doctorate in nursing practice now. And I've worked all the different, over all those years, I've worked in every healthcare setting that there is, uh, long-term, acute, hospital, home, hospice. Um, the only thing I really haven't done is like pediatric or OB, like labor and delivery. I never got into that area, but everything else is what I've done. And the last nine years when I was working at the bedside, um, I did all cardiac ICU. So that's all that I did for the last nine years. And uh, the last couple years of that, I transitioned from working for one hospital system to doing travel nursing. So then I got to see multiple hospital systems. So I was mm -hmm. working as a travel nurse and um, kind of in between doing the cardiac ICU and working full time, I was going to school, obviously finishing my doctorate, but I also was teaching. So I'm a nursing professor as well. So I teach RN students and I was teaching clinicals and teaching classes during that time while I was still working at the bedside. And now I've kind of transitioned into teaching full-time and having my own practice now full-time. So it's been, um, I'm glad that I've kind of gone this direction now because I saw that kind of my time was coming to an end <laughs> working at the bedside and doing what I was doing. And I knew there was a, a new phase, a new, a new, a new beginning to be had. Mm -hmm. So as you were, cause you really have, I mean, you, you worked in many different as in the nursing all the way from, from starting as an LPN to a doctor, uh, a doctor in nursing what were some of the things that you learned along the way about, about healthcare, about what you saw with patients coming in and some things that st stood out in your mind? 
Yeah, so actually one of the biggest things, and I actually just made a live stream about this the other day, was I kept thinking about all the frequent flyers that we would have, that I would see in the ICU, the same patients that would come in over and over again. And I keep thinking, and I'm like, you know, when you go to the ICU, you're in pretty bad shape. Like, you're pretty messed up if you're coming up there. And so mm-hmm. I, kept thinking, I kept thinking, when is, like, enough enough for these patients? Like, when is enough enough? And when are they going to learn not to stop doing what they're doing to end up here in the ICU? Because so much of it was high blood pressure, hypertensive emergency, diabetes, their sugar's too high or their sugar got too low. Like shit like that was what I was seeing or, or they're massively overweight and they had a heart attack and they needed stents or cardiac cath, like all this stuff just again and again, over and over. And I kept thinking, when are they going to learn? When are, when are, when are they going to learn? Like what's going to have to happen to them that they learn? And finally I figured out that it wasn't anything that I was going to do in my 12 hours of seeing them because mm-hmm. I was so much deeper than that. The problem mm-hmm. goes so much into like the relationship with their own healthcare provider, with what they're doing at home. Like there's so much of this other stuff that yeah. I can't really do anything about in my 12 hours of being there. So that really is what kind of was like the biggest light bulb moment for me recently was just the was the when is enough going to be enough and it's it had really nothing to do with me and everything to do with the patient and I really had to separate myself from that because I was taking that to heart for a long time was seeing these patients over and over again and feeling like I wasn't doing my job as the nurse because they kept coming back when it so was going so much deeper than that yeah I'd never heard it uh coined like that before frequent flyers in the icu yeah yeah that's that should be uh hopefully a never occurrence for people mm-hmm. but multiple occurrences for people yeah there is a point to when you uh you know the things that you're doing or the things that are around you are what's causing you to be in the icu right right and you talked about this a little bit with yourself too. You said you had a, you had a coming to uh, uh, you had a talk with yourself or a decision point in your life where you, you decided to make some changes and help, help yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, and it was just some like real hard facts that I had to like come to grips with myself because I kept thinking as I was going along and this was like on multiple fronts. Um, and that's why I talk about things holistically is because it wasn't just one part. It was so many other parts that were affecting my decision and my life. And one of them was as I kept going on and on in my career and then on and on in my education, I kept thinking like, who the fuck's going to take me serious if I'm like this overweight nurse, you know, on all these medications, trying to counsel people in the cardiac ICU about their own health. Like, who's going to take me seriously? Like, that was one of the things I had to tell myself. And then another part was that, you know, we were just kind of talking off screen now, but, you know, I have three children, 17, 15, and five. And when I got pregnant with my youngest, with my five-year-old, I was 34, going to be 35. And so I was considered, you know, advanced maternal age. So I was considered an old mom. And so 
there was all these other precautions and I wasn't, I was kind of in decent shape. Like when I first started the pregnancy, but as the pregnancy went on, I mean, I have a huge family history of obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes. So like I had all the cards stacked against me and I was really trying to stay as healthy as I could. But towards the end of my pregnancy, I mean, I got, um, preeclampsia. I ended up going into heart failure after I had my son. And I was on multiple blood blood pressure medications. I was on medications for anxiety, for depression, like just, and then they were wanting to add more and more medications on. I had gained the most weight I had ever gained in my life. I had weighed the most I had ever weighed in my life. And I was just not in a good, I was not in a good place. Like, like after that, I just, I had a real reckoning with myself and I thought about that and how are people going to perceive me? How are people going to, you know, take me seriously as a healthcare provider? Like I got to get my shit together. And so I was able to make a lot of changes, but again, in a holistic way, like it was on so many fronts, I had to get very real with myself. And this is kind of how the whole spice thing came about was I had to do all of that work. And I was able to lose 70 plus pounds and get off of all my blood pressure medications, off all of my anxiety and depression medications. You know, Mm. I reversed my heart failure. I mean, I, I got literally, I got into the best shape of my life while I was finishing my doctorate and most people it's the entire opposite. But for me, it changed my entire life and I changed the whole trajectory of my life during that time. So Awesome. I will just say, first of all, congratulations. Awesome on doing that because that is, it is a life-changing event when you Mm -hmm. decide to do that. And I will, I, I speak from experience. I was 60 pounds heavier two years ago and I was on my way to more of the wrong kinds of medicine to have to take. And, you know, I can, I can say my wife was, was, uh, well, they thought she was type two diabetic, but there's other things that cause uh, LADA late onset type one diabetes. So there's nothing we could do, but we both went in and decided to eat differently. And when we started to do this, I also had started to, to read more about um, the importance of exercise and mental. And I don't even know what I don't even right to say. It's holistic, like meditation, reading, uh, you know, affirmations, whatever you want to call these kind of things that people talk about. But when you look at the entire person, it is, it, it is life-changing. There's no other way to say it, what it does for you. So as you were going through this process and you, and we're going to talk about spice in a minute, because I love it. So what, what were the, some of the things that you realized? Oh, some of the things I realized, goodness, that that I was really putting myself on the back burner for way too long. And I really was, I had really become, and I mean, I'm very blunt about all of this. Like I had really become brainwashed by the whole healthcare system, organization, philosophy, whatever you want to call it of like, you got to give, 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 give. And if you're not coming in, even if you're fucking dying, like, then you're not a real nurse. You're not, you don't care about your job. You don't care about anybody. And I had been pushing myself for so hard for so long, for so hard or, you know, doing Mm -hmm. that, like just, 
and I was just in that mentality of just give, 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 give. And I had done another um, interview with um, another nurse actually just the other day. And sorry, my son, <laughs> I was just doing an interview just the other day with another nurse. And we were talking about that, just, you know, that you just got to give and give and give. And it's like, who, sorry, who is going to take care of you? Who's going to take care of the nurse? Nobody, nobody's going to take care of you. You got to take care of yourself. And that's, that was one of the hardest things that I had to come to grips with was, was finally taking care of myself and not feeling guilty, not feeling bad about, about, you know, doing that at all, because I had knew I had to do that. So that was one of the biggest things. And I think one of the other things was um, really going back to my childhood and how I grew up and the things that I was told about myself and how I needed to act and what was considered healthy and what I should look like and uh, bringing up a lot of these like generational, like growing up traumas, I guess you could call it growing up, I had to really face a lot of those and see how those were impacting my life in my current state um, and how I was very much a people pleaser and how I very much um, was, you know, still going with those stories of like, oh, well, you're big boned and, you know, all of the, like all of those stories that were told growing up. And I had to really just rework all of those in my brain and get away from get away from a lot of that. So being just very, getting very honest and very real with myself was really, really hard. <laughs> it was really, really hard. But once I started doing that and not letting anybody else, and not blaming anybody else because yeah, it's yeah. not anybody else's fault, you know, it was yeah. mine. So that was the other part. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome because the the thing that the thing that I think that we forget when we feel guilty about taking care of ourselves is that if we don't, had you not chosen to change the direction, you could have been here ten years from now, very sick, very with a lot taking a lot of medicine, and twenty years even worse, and thirty years even worse, and your kids wouldn't have you around you wouldn't be yep. able to enjoy your grandkids you wouldn't be able to take you know your it just it's your family the whole nine yards you're not there for everyone else either so it's really not selfish at all to take care of yourself because then you can show up for other people because you talk about giving and wanting to give more at work and you know and sometimes being expected to if you're not healthy you can't give everything you could right yeah, and there's, it's just, there's it's just, go ahead, go ahead, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. And, you know, and that's, that's the thing that I've been saying more and more is, you know, you only have to look at your family tree to know what's going to happen to you if you continue to do what you do. You, yep. there's, you, that's all you have to do. And that will show you exactly where you're going to end up. So that's what I, that's the point that I got to. And I started looking at, at who, at my mom, at my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, my cousins. Like I started looking at everybody and I knew if I didn't make a change, I have no, I have no doubt. I have no doubt, Damon, I would be diabetic. 
I would be on, I probably would have had a cardiac cath by now and all of this stuff because of my blood pressure and my knees would be all jacked up because I was having like joint problems before, like my knees would be all jacked up. I knew I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I do now if I would have kept going like that. Who even yeah. knows, who even knows if I would have been able to finish my doctorate because of with the demanding schedule that I had, if I would have even mm -hmm. been able to finish, like, cause I did get, I did get COVID. I got COVID while I was getting my doctorate. So who knows what, what that would have been like for me if I wouldn't have been taking care of myself. So, so many yeah. variables, you know? Yeah. And then, and as you said too, just being able to be there and, and be active with your kids and do the things with your kids and your, the rest of your family that you want to do. And, 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 and then, like you said, too, that just the it, there's so many preventable diseases. And I, I just it just hurts me to see when we when people have to get to a point or not have to get to a point or don't get to the point to where they can make the changes they need to to prevent it because i'm sure like you said with the frequent flyers in the icu and i love that term uh a lot of people were there because they they weren't making the changes and continue to go down the path and just let medicine try to keep them as healthy as they probably could be correct oh yeah yeah that's what people people expect the medications to solve their problems and that's so much of what is happening now. And that's like what I talk a lot about with diabetes, like the pills and the insulin, they only like mask the symptoms. They don't do anything to get rid of the diabetes mm -hmm. in the first place. And it's just, we're just giving more and more medication to lower the blood pressure. Well, what's driving the high blood pressure? Oh, well, you're overweight. You eat a bunch of sodium. You eat a bunch of processed foods. Like those are the things that are driving your blood pressure. So why are we not fixing that instead of just upping your medication? Cause that's all that we end up doing is more and more medication, upping the dose. Let's try, let's add something new. Let's add another thing. Like that's all that ends up happening when we got to be thinking the reverse way and uh, so many people are not. And that's like so, so, so much of that is it's lifestyle based. It's preventable. It's reversible. But people just need to be aware that it's an option for them because healthcare, you know, they're in for disease treatment, not for disease prevention. That's what that's what so much of it is. Yeah, that's that's. It's great to hear that from you. And and so one of the things you said, uh, I saw written about you, you said you're on a mission to transform healthcare. And I love that. Let's explain that a little bit of what you would like to see healthcare look like. Yeah, well, all the things we've been talking about right now, and it's just so much of bringing awareness. And really, what I like to do is using video as the platform to do it, because you can reach so many more people. And I know for myself, you know, I'm Hispanic background. And, you know, for me growing up, I never heard of the terms like holistic. And I never heard of a lot of the different things for your health and for diabetes and blood pressure. I only knew what was in my little bubble of my family and my community. So now with technology, we are we're wide open to learn and receive all kinds of new information. So I feel like 
I have, like, it's my duty, like, I have to share this information so that people can learn about it, so that they can learn about diabetes, so that they can learn about high blood pressure, so they can learn about natural alternative ways to care for themselves so that they can break the odds, you know, do you know, or defy the odds, break the cycle around all of that, because so much of that is generational. And it's within families because everybody's stuck in their little bubble. They got to be exposed to other things. And so really, I just leverage technology and I leverage connections and being connected to all kinds of different healthcare people all over to bring access to people who want to improve their lives in a more holistic way, in a more natural way. Awesome. So you, you, okay. So I've got a whole bunch of questions here. So first <laughs> of all, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, what do you think as, as you've seen people and seen them make a transition and, and say, they're going to do this. What do you think the hardest thing is for someone to do this? To... The hardest thing is, I think the hardest thing is staying consistent and is like finding support, finding a community around it. Because if you, because like, this is another thing that I've been thinking about lately. Like people talk a lot about willpower, willpower, or like motivation. And it's like people today do not have more willpower. They're not more motivated than people yeah. back in the day. Like it's the same, but what we have access to now is so much more of a community aspect, especially with being online. You can connect with people from all over the world. So I think if you can connect with those people and find that and find good support, find people that vibe with you, then that's what's really going to lead to your success. That's what's really going to make you successful in doing this because anybody can get started and you can get going into it, but you really need that support. You really need that community around you so that you're going to stay on track and stay successful with it. I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And it's interesting. I think we just sat and listened about that. Just think about that for a minute. That was very good because it is, it is, it is finding the right support, finding the right community to keep you consistent on these things. Um, it is the hardest thing. I was reading a few few weeks ago or a month ago or so about it said we don't we don't fall off the wagon so to speak with exercise and things like that we just kind of start slowly drifting off course so if we if we had if we had a a thing you know we were going to eat thousand calories a day and get instead of four thousand you know we might eat twenty five hundred one day and go oh that's okay it's just one mm -hmm. day Next day, then it's 2,700 or whatever, you know, and we're not watching it or we, we're going to exercise so many days a week and then we don't exercise one day and, you know, we just fall off course. But that that support that you're talking about is what keep, keeps people motivated. And I think, like you're saying, the the, the access to, have to these different communities, online communities, in-person communities, whatever they are to stay motivated and help each other stay consistent, I think is really a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. And the other way you can think about it too, is if you think about communicable diseases, right? You could even compare this to COVID. You can see different communicable diseases, right? They spread, they stay within certain communities. You can track them. 
same thing happens with obesity and a lot of those other diseases. They are on track. You can see whole communities, whole clusters that are like that. That's because it's community-based. It's all in that same that same group of people. So you can track that. And that's all, it all comes down to who are you hanging around? Who are you around? You're going to catch whatever they got. And if these people got bad habits and bad things that they're doing, you're going to catch that. And more than likely you're going to end up like that. And you can totally mm -hmm. see that it's totally with who you are around. Again, going back to that community, it's the same thing. Yeah. I never thought of it like that, but you're right. If you're in a community that, that is eating poorly, any other bad habits you want to think about and, and it's all around you every day, it's likely going to affect you too. Yep. So you created what you call spice and yeah. I love it. Let's talk about it a little bit. So let's explain that to us. Sure. Yeah. So spice is like, so in nursing, we have a head to toe assessment. And so I really consider spice my head to soul assessment. It's what it's like my holistic, like triage little thing that I created. And it really is based on my experiences and my life growing up and the process that I had to go through to kind of come out on the other side to where I am now as a totally, you know, different woman, totally different person now. And so all of the letters stand for something. Yes, it spells spice. Yes, it's nice. It works in all kinds of great phrases and sayings, but it does stand for something. And so the S stands for spirit. The P stands for physical. The I stands for insight. The C stands for career. And the E stands for emotion. And these are all the different like dimensions of health or wellness that we need to be really aware of if we want to care for ourselves in a holistic way. And it's the areas of my life that I identified that I did so much work in and that I also noticed in other people that are areas that we can really tap into and make improvements on. And when you can kind of bring all those, you know, into balance, I always talk about a lot of balance, you know, never, not everything's always perfect, but there's ways to create balance in your life. And that's how, that's how I look at it. And that's how I address it. And anytime I'm teaching or thinking about things, I'm always keeping that in mind when I do it. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I came up with it. So. Yeah, because you you talk about it and you you mentioned the the words for the the acronyms and spice and when I I saw it written you said spirituality it's our search for purpose and meaning and mm -hmm. you know and it is it's really I mean we we all desire that and then the physical how vital energetic and strong we are and then insight how we learn and grow our self awareness and intuition. And then in career, how we create a professional life that reflects our calling and brings satisfaction mm -hmm. and emotion, how we feel inside and how broadly we can express experience and accept. I mean, you really have covered, like you said, head to soul yeah. of, of the things that we should do. So as you went through these things and mm -hmm. you, you go, uh, Dr. La Alexandria before Dr. Alexandria after. What are some of the things that that you learned about yourself in these areas that you had to you had to come to terms with or you you thought, hmm, I want to change that? Mm, yeah, so many. So in the in the spirit part, I really had to I really had to become okay with 
what my what what my purpose was, what I felt like my calling was, and not what other people expected me to do. <laughs> not what other people expected that Alex was going to do or should do. And once I really allowed myself to like be free in that and say, you know, once I get my doctorate, you know, I want to have my own practice and this is how I want to take care of patients. This is how I see it. And this is what I want to do. And I want to do it my way. That was so freeing for me. And so that was, that was a huge part of that spirituality part. And then the physical part, obvious with all the physical changes, you know, that I went through. And I think also too, with, the eye, the eye always ties into that. And I think the eye, the, the inner work, right. The insight, the inner work, mm-hmm. the being real with myself and not laying blame on other people, taking accountability. That was, that was, I think where I, f- I first started doing the work was right there was where it really, really first started doing the work. Yeah. And if I look at the C and I think about my career, I have always been very passionate about my career and I've been very vocal, like all throughout my working years about, you know, empowering myself, but also empowering people around me to like live out their careers and not be afraid to ask for what they want and to go and not be afraid to, you know, be a mom who does work, who does go to school, you know, who wants to do things with their life. Like, don't, don't shy away from that. I've always been very vocal about all of that. So that part came very easily and naturally to me. And the E, the emotional part, I think the emotional part is always a work in progress. Always, 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 because, you know, we're always facing new challenges in our lives. And, you know, I had a lot of hard things to go through, um, in my life, like my, my, my dad passing away was a very pivotal part of my life and my trajectory definitely was that. And he passed away almost 15 years ago. Cause my daughter had just turned one mm-hmm. and she just turned 15. So it's been about 15 years that he passed away. And I was right in the middle of, I had just started my LPN program. And so, you know, there I am, a 20-some-year-old young mom with a one-year-old and a three-year-old going to school full-time working. My dad had had a stroke and because he had uncontrolled diabetes, uncontrolled blood pressure. He was overweight, not taking care of himself. He had a stroke. And his wife at that time, um, my parents had got divorced. So the woman that he was married to, once he ended up having that stroke and went into rehab, she decided she was going to divorce him and didn't want to take care of him anymore. So when he got out of rehab, he didn't have any place to go. So he ended up coming living with me. So like I said, there I was 20 some years old, trying to to figure out my own life and then having to become a caretaker to my dad. And he needed a lot of care. He was post-stroke a lot of care yeah. and then with a one-year-old and a three-year-old going to school full-time working. So that was a huge thing. And he ended up passing away shortly after that because he had another stroke. He was just not in good shape. He had another stroke. He ended up passing away. Well, he ended up having a clot, went to his brain, went to the ICU, and we ended up having to take him off of life support, which another thing, you should not have to make that decision when you're 20 some years old. Yeah. But there I was having to go through that. So, uh, so much of that emotional turmoil going through that. And it's like, you know, life doesn't stop. Shit doesn't stop happening in your life. You have to figure out how to deal with it and being emotionally strong in having resources, coping mechanisms. That's, you got to do, you have to have those in place. So the E is always evolving all the time. 
Yeah. And your dad had to be pretty young if you were only in your 20s. Yeah, he was in his like mid 50s. He was very yeah. young. Yeah. 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 Because it, it, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can see how coming through this is is helped you decide to take a different path. Yeah. And it, because it it is a decision. It is a decision. Yeah. So and and I I'm going to go back through a couple things here that you said because I think a lot of people in, in the spirit spirit the spirituality piece on this you said one thing I think it's it's worth mentioning again is people need to become okay with their calling, not what others expect them to do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get stuck in this because everyone around them expects them to do this or that. And it could even be their spouse um, when it's not. So, and when it's something that they absolutely positively hate and it's not something that they can ever be happy with or ever really feel fulfilled. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people, the sooner you can feel all right with it and move down that path, it, it helps a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see, I can see that in you now from talking with you again and, and that when you get that, that helps a lot. The second thing you said about insight is being real with ourselves and uh, and taking accountability for how things are. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, is it? No, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You really it just truly sucks. It truly yeah. sucks because you can you can look in the mirror and and you go I'm I'm this way because a lot of the stuff I do, you take the 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 world can do whatever it can, but at the end of the day, we control how we react and how we really are. And yeah. That, that was awesome that you said that. Then you talked about career. And, and I really, what I got from it is don't limit yourself. Right. There's no reason to. And I think that that's another thing that people go, well, I can't do that. Well, why not? Mm -hmm. And I think you've broken down the why not. Mm -hmm. and just going and doing it and that's awesome let's do it yeah yeah and and the emotional part when you talk about the the uh um the ex you know you talk about express experience and and accept and you said it several times during our conversation today it's you know life's going to happen you 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 you're just you're gonna have to experience it you're gonna have to and accept it and move on and sometimes it's good sometimes it's not and that's mm -hmm. that's great so as you're as you're helping people do this what are some of the things that you love seeing when you're helping clients you know to mm -hmm. learn the new way to live i i really like it when <laughs> well, obviously, when they have wins, when they're successful at what they're yep. doing. But I think it's just them seeing that it is possible for them. Like, it's not just, you know, it's for her, it's for him. It's, it's for you. Like, you can do it. You can, you can do this. And I, I don't know if it's just 
if it's like jealousy that people have, or if it's like that FOMO, or I don't know what the term would be for it. But, you know, it just, we look at other people's lives and we just, and that's another thing to work on also, right? Is looking at other people, comparing yourself, judgment, assuming things. Like, oh, yeah. You know, and it, it's so not the case. You don't know what anybody's going through. You have no clue. And so just to just release all that and take the responsibility, be accountable for yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. That, you know, that is so just huge for people to get over. And once they start to be successful and they start to see things happening for themselves, you know, it's it's incredible. And it's also making sure that they know that there is support out there for them, like long-term support. And a lot of clients I have are like, well, what's next? You know, what happens next? And it's like, okay, hold on. Like we got to get through this part first and then we'll get to the next part. But it's, it's that long-term support that people really, really need. And they need to be okay with asking for help with continuing to being, you know, we're never going to get to be, we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to have all the answers where I need help. I know I, I reach out to people. I know I need support in parts of my life. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you have to be okay with asking for that and receiving it is a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, and it comes back again to what you said, it's having that support, that community, those people around you, uh, both when you're making the the changes, but then just sustaining the change and, and living the life that you, that you really, honestly, that you, you dream of. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you are, so someone's listening today, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? What would you tell them? They're sitting there thinking what this is, this is wonderful, but it doesn't apply to me or this is, this is something for somebody else, or maybe they're, maybe they're looking for this kind of help. I don't know. What, what would you tell them? I would say that if you're, if you're listening to first thing I would say is if you're listening to this, there's a reason you're listening to this. Cause I never believe in coincidence, oh. right? I never believe in coincidence. So if you are watching this, there is a reason Maybe it's not today that this applies to you, but there is going to be a time where something that we have talked about applies to you. Yeah. And I'm here. You're here. We're all here. You know, there is, there are resources available for you and you don't have to go it alone. You don't have to be confused. And I think that's the, be the biggest thing that I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen by chance. I love that. Right. I love that. So as you, as you're moving along now, um, what are some of the things that you're trying to continue to develop with your clients, yourself, that you're going to take this to the next level? Mm. I'm really wanting to make an impact with my practice on diabetes and high blood pressure. Like that's really where I'm wanting to make a mark at. Um, especially in, um, like women of color, that's really kind of like my focus and really where I'm wanting to make a huge difference in, um, because I know how it, it, I know for my family, it's 
it's, it's obviously it's, it's killed my dad. You know, it, my mom has diabetes. My younger sister has diabetes, like pretty everybody in my family has diabetes and it doesn't have to be that way. And I hate, I have hated seeing my own family suffer with this. And I want to be able to change that for other people, for their families, for young children that are growing up in these environments. I want to change mm -hmm. all of that for them. And I know it can only happen if I just continue to put myself out there and share my message and teach more about this and about what we can do for it. And it's not anything um, that's out of reach for people. You know, we can all eat better. We can all be more active. It's very simple things, but it's the community aspect of it and it's the awareness and it's, it's all of that. So that's really where I want to make my mark is, is in that area for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because two things is diabetes and high blood pressure are, are silent killers. Oftentimes people don't even know until it's too late and they're in the hospital. And for the most part, they're very preventable mm -hmm. or at least the effects or the problems from them are, are preventable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Just thinking about this for a second, because you're, you're, you got, it's great talking to you because you, when you talk with people that have, that have made a transformation in their lives and, and taken it to heart and now you're helping other people. It's, it's so inspiring to, to listen to you speak and and just learn from you so yeah i i was going to ask a couple more questions but i think that you you've done you've done an awesome <laughs> job because i look at I, it's one of the things that i was i was thinking about it and you said this a couple times it starts when you're really little and you look at yourself and what you how you start and because yeah it does it does and once people can 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 realize that the way i look at myself can change the way i act and the things i do can change and it's not going to uh it's going to take me doing those things obviously but um mm -hmm. doing that so have you seen i was just gonna ask you this have you seen entire families make trans changes like this <sighs> So this, so my family, my, my family with my husband, my husband's lost over a hundred pounds and mm -hmm. both of, uh, both of my children are not overweight because for me, I was an overweight child and yeah. I, I said, my kids are not going to be overweight and deal with all those problems. So I, my own family is an example and that's how we live every day. And like, there are, there are rules in our house. And that's the thing. That's the thing that kills me too, is, you know, women, especially use the excuse. Moms use the excuse. Well, I got my kids and my kids want to eat this and my kids want to do this. And I'm like, well, you're the mom. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like you're the one buying the stuff and doing the things you are the rule maker. Like you got to set, you got to set the tone. And so you know, our, our houses, we don't, I don't buy soda. I don't drink soda. I haven't drank soda in years and years and years. And so there's no soda in my house, but I got kids. So what? Like that? I don't buy soda. They drink water. They're, yeah. they're fine. They can go to school and every now and then drink soda if that's what they want. But at, at, yeah. at home at the house, no. And we cook food and they help me cook and they, all my kids know how to cook. So 
it's I've set the tone for my family and how I want things to be. And unfortunately, like I have to say, you know, my my sister, for example, like her family, I don't think she's ever going to watch this video, but <laughs> she she, you know, her and her family, you know, it's a very different situation there. Very yeah. different, very different, very different. And so it's, you know, we were both raised the same way, right? We both grew up in the same household, but our, the way that our lives are and the way that our families are, are two totally night and day. So it's, it's possible. It's just, you have to decide, you have to decide. And so my family is an example I unfortunately, and that's why I'm out here trying to do this, is I have not really seen other families take that type of control and do that when it has gotten severe like that. I have not seen that. So that's what I yeah. want to make my mark doing that because it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's it's one of the things that as you as you just walk around town, it, this we talk about the obesity problem and we talk and and it seems like it gets younger and younger now oh, yeah. and and it's it's i i understand i want to want to welcome everyone and be nice to everyone and not you know body shaming you don't want any of that because that's just worthless right that's just right. wrong and worthless um the health problems caused by it when when you're 50 to 100 pounds overweight when you're 16 years old or i i can't even imagine what that's like when you're 45 no you can't you can't you can't um ignore that fact and you can't ignore the fact that there's like 10 year old kids with atherosclerosis right like hardening of their arteries and calcium and plaque building up like like I remember being in nursing school and them specifically telling us, they said, why, why when we're learning about stroke and high blood pressure, why, why don't we have a pediatric chapter on this? Why do we only have adults? Because literally for like everything else, there's like a pediatric section and then there's an adult section. Why don't we have that for kids? Because this is a lifestyle disease. You get this over time. Only you would only see this in adults because it's that type of plaque and high yeah. cholesterol, triglycerides building up over time. So that's why we would only see that in, in adults. But now we're seeing that in children, kids, 10 years old, hardening arteries, plaque, cholesterol, high triglycerides, all the shit that adults are dealing with, but kids are dealing with it now. And I mean, who, I don't, I don't want to think about any kids with that. I don't want to think about yeah. kids. with. That. Yeah. 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 Well, it's awesome. Alex, that you're out here helping people learn about this and you're teaching people. Thank you. They, they can, can change yes. and be showing them, showing them how, yes. because it's making a difference. I just, yeah. I just want to thank you for stopping by today and talking with us here and, and sharing your message. People want to get a hold of you, talk to you about Spice. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. Best thing is just send me a message. <laughs> if you're connected with me on LinkedIn, send me a direct message. Say, hey, I saw you on Damon's show. I'd love to talk to you more. That's as easy awesome. as it can be. I'm on all I'm on all the social media platforms, so you can find me anywhere. Um, 
But like I said, just send me a direct message. And if you want to check out my website, it's getyourspice.net is what it is. And getyourspice.net. Getyourspice.net. And you can check me out there. But yeah, that's the ways. And I'm always down for making new connections and saying hello and meeting people. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks. I want to say thanks. Dr. Alexandria Rosa for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing about Spice, your journey to, to finding uh, holistic wellness and, yep. and how you're sharing and helping other women uh, experience that and teaching them how to do it. I want to say thanks to Samantha and Samson and Muhammad and Karen uh, for stopping by today and, and dropping the comments and everyone else listening. Yeah. Hey, if you if you've been if you're listening today and you didn't hear it all, go back. Uh, Dr. Alex dropped some real nuggets at the beginning of this and throughout. These are things you can change. We don't have to deal with health because of our habits and there's things we can change. We can change our lifestyles. We can change these things. Reach out to Dr. Alex if you want to talk about that some more. Thanks, everyone, for being here on the Faces of Business. Dr. Alex, if you can hang out just for a minute, we'll talk sure. when we're done here.